Hello, I'm Bruce Sinclair, and welcome to this podcast from Jordan Hill Parish Church, during which we will share in reading, reflection, and prayer, and later on Lord's Supper, for Sunday, the 25th of October. Today, our reader is Hazel Watson, and our hymn is sung by Patricia Hunter, accompanied by George Knight. reading this morning is taken from the Gospel according to St Matthew, chapter 22, reading verses 34 to 46. The greatest commandment and the question about David's son. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And the question about David's son. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David, by the Spirit, calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet? If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions? Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our world is often portrayed as a hard place. Wars, refugees, global pandemic, political animosity, brutality of crime. And who can't forget the images coming from France over the past week of the crowds gathered at Sorbonne University to remember the teacher, Samuel Paty, whose only desire was to try and to help make the world a better place by encouraging pupils to think about the concept of free speech. In an open letter, Brigitte Macron said of the teacher, Today we are all teachers. Being a teacher is about transmitting and anticipating. It's about developing a pupil's critical spirit to make them free. All that, Samuel, you knew, and better still, you were its incarnation. Bombarded as we are by hard news stories, the one thing that keeps most of us clinging to the wreckage and support of people like Samuel Patty is the fact that out there in the world there is kindness, there is commitment and there is love. But being a loving Christian can also be difficult because religion can be difficult. People often say, but it's all so complicated, so full of conflict. There are so many Christian denominations and they all have different ideas about God. Who can ever know what is right and what's wrong? And perhaps that's just what Jesus' critics have in mind at the temple. What commandment is the greatest? They ask Jesus. This question is almost a culmination in the series of exchanges between Jesus and the temple authorities, the Pharisees, the Sadducees and the Herodians. They are still out to trap him with his own words. By asking him this question, they are trying to get Jesus to prioritise, out of the 613 laws of the Torah, which one is the most important. Jesus refuses to get drawn into a question that could end in heresy. He simply repeats the Shema, 
words known by heart by everyone standing there that day, words repeated every day. Love the Lord your God with everything that you have got, heart, soul and mind. Then he adds that second part, taken from the Old Testament, love your neighbour as much as you love yourself. The answer is simple, direct and well known. If they were hoping for a protracted debate, they were sorely disappointed. In fairness to Jesus' critics, though, they didn't ask, what is the most important belief? They asked, what is the most important command? These are Jews, after all, followers of the faith of Israel. They know that religion is more than just a matter of just a set of ideas and concepts for our thinking. Religion is the way that we love God, by living lives that God loves, by doing that which God loves. In the Gospels, Jesus calls people to a journey with him, not a lecture about him. He was a prophet preaching, always on the move, constantly drawing people into his journey, itinerant, truth in motion. Even when Jesus rarely mentions belief, he isn't talking about a set of intellectual propositions. He is talking about an engaging, costling relationship. Believe in me, he says, not believe these assertions about me, but rather give in, be engaged, walk with me. He is life. So the Gospels portray the disciples of Jesus as pilgrims on the way from here to there, having a hard time sometimes keeping up. When he taught, Jesus taught peripatetically, on the go. The question was asked at a conference for teachers to a distinguished professor of education from a nearby university. What is the most important quality for a classroom teacher to possess? Perhaps the participants expected the professor to respond with, read my recent book. Or perhaps they expected them to respond with, there are a whole raft of characteristics that are essential for effective teachers. Personality traits, intellectual skills, conscientious work ethic, ruthless authority, and perhaps the ability to aim a piece of chalk or pen at a desk from 60 paces away. Instead, the professor simply said, the most important quality is love for your students. And then he sat down. When confronted with the truth of how we should behave towards others, people are shamed and then encouraged to go and do what the right thing is. For all the hardness of the world, we have to believe in the innate decency of people. We live without hope if we cannot. Yes, it can sometimes be hidden behind fear or selfishness, but most people, whether from faith communities or not, are challenged and impelled to do something to help when trouble comes. The art of compassion, of love for the other, remains fundamental to humanity and in particular to people of faith. Compassion means getting alongside people, not only trying to do something about their plight, but also acknowledging that they are real people, whole people even in their brokenness, and speaking to them face to face. 
Jonathan Sachs, once chief rabbi, said that societies are only human and humanizing when they are communities built on face-to-face -face loving relationships. Society can be faceless, but the individual face-to-face -face relationship is one that, by its very nature, opens the door to love. Like the teacher encouraging students, like the good Samaritan in the parables, like Jesus who, though he was tired, still saw the needs of the people who came to him and had compassion on them, he goes to them and he helps them. The first generation disciples were not those who had the right thoughts about Jesus, but rather those who had the instinct to get into the boat and sail with him, even though they didn't completely understand him. To love God with everything that we've got, and to love our neighbours as ourselves. It still leaves many questions for us, but it gives us the right vision, the starting point to work from. Even if we don't see the promised land of milk and honey, we will set a vision on a good footing for those who follow. What are the marks of a loving community or church? Jonathan Sachs says, a community is where they know your name and where they miss you when you are not there. Community is a society with a compassionate human face, respecting, caring, accompanying and loving. Amen. We have a couple of questions for reflection to take with us into the coming week. Why do the Pharisees and Sadducees persist in trying to trap Jesus? Is it possible to have peace in the world without love? And in what practical ways can we show love to our neighbours? Why do the Pharisees and Sadducees persist in trying to trap Jesus? Is it possible to have peace without love in the world? And in what practical ways can we show love to our neighbours? A prayer of gratitude and concern. Let us pray. Almighty God, your hand can be seen throughout all creation. You are always at work involved in our lives, calling, guiding and speaking, for everyone is important to you. All have a place in your purpose. You call us to be a living community, a people bound together as the body of Christ, focusing on love, love for our neighbour. Yet show us also, Lord, how to really love ourselves to live fully knowing that we are valued. Unite us in our compassion and love for one another. God, your love leaves no one untouched. It is able to break through the strongest barrier, traverse the widest valley, and overcome the hardest of our thoughts. Where division or hatred exists, let your love dispel the tensions 
cherish those growing in faith. Let them know of your worldwide love, that all are called to love one another and our neighbours. We pray for those who are hurting at this time, those confused and struggling, fearful of changes to life in the months ahead, those worried for loved ones, those worried for the future, family, job or situation. Let your spirit rest with them in their uncertainty. O oh God, you have made a world of difference with a world of different people. Yet we are each made in your image and valued as your children, unique and full of potential. You made us and know us and call us to be your disciples. Through your spirit, fill us with hope and let us show your love to the world. Amen. We now listen to the story of the Last Supper and share together in bread and wine. On the night of Jesus' arrest, Jesus took bread, and after having given thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is a new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. As Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, we take these elements of bread and wine to be set apart from all common uses to this holy use and mystery. And as he gave thanks and blessed, we draw near to God in a prayer of thanksgiving. Eternal God, it is indeed right, it's our duty and our joy at all times and in all places to give you our thanks and praise. As worldly powers attempt to divide and diminish, may we remain strong in your love, sharing your love, assured of what is right and just, and reminded that your will for all people is good. May we trust in your power to overcome the difficulties and the hardships that often marginalise and segregate people in our world. Let us believe in your love that will drive out fear and hatred and your goodness that reminds us to love all our neighbours. And believing, may we be prompted to act by the power of your Spirit working in us. Therefore, with all your people of all place and time, and with the whole company of heaven, we sing your praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. O loving God, send your Holy Spirit upon us and upon the bread and wine that we share that we who eat and drink may share the life of Christ our Lord. Pour out your Spirit upon the whole earth and bring in your whole creation, so that we may better welcome people of every language, race and nation, and they too may share the banquet that you have promised. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen. We now do this in obedience to Christ's example and appointment. On the night of Jesus' betrayal, he took bread. And after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in memory of me. And in the same way, he then took the cup and said, This cup is a new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, bearer of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, grant us your peace. He who came down at Pentecost, lighting and glancing on the first disciples, is present for us in bread and wine. He whose spirit stirred the church to new beginnings at Pentecost, now revives us through sharing together. For these are the gifts of God for the people of God, and so now we take this time to eat and drink and share together. The angels once said it to startled shepherds, and Jesus said it to frightened followers. And now, as we have shared bread and wine, these words come from heaven to us and are shared to make us whole and to make us one. Peace be with you. Let us join together with a prayer after communion. Let's pray. O loving God, as you have welcomed us, may we now go and welcome others. As you have taught us again about your love, may we go and be love for others. As you have nourished our souls, may we go and be nourishment for others. And as you breathe your peace into us, may we take your peace out into all the world. Amen. Thank you for joining with me today for this time of worship. And now, the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those you love this day and every day. Amen. Mm -hmm.